1: now, two guys and a mic on TalkZone.com.
2: Welcome in, everybody. This is Joel Radwanski, The coach is taking a strike for the first couple minutes of this particular show. So we're going to be talking hockey. We're going to be talking baseball. We're going to be talking everything around the world of sports. And if you are a Chicagoan and you woke up this morning, it is absolutely gorgeous out. And I'm not just talking about the fact it's perfect perfect weather. It's totally sunny. I'm talking about the fact that the Chicago Blackhawks in the most important hockey game of my entire life and probably 95% of all the listeners out there too. The, the most exciting game or the most important game in the history of the Blackhawks, they get it done. Not only do they outskate Philadelphia, not only do they outhit Philadelphia, they thoroughly outplay Philadelphia. And luckily, because you know in hockey, you might have a hot goalie. All that added up to a 7-4 to victory for the Chicago Blackhawks. And, <sighs> you could take a deep breath and just relax for a second because all of us Chicago fans, you know, we got it in the back of our minds because, you know, as much as we believe in this team, as much as we think it's going to happen, we always have that fear of, of a Bartman or, or a, a Blackstock scandal or the having the most talent and not being able to get it done. But you know what? They were able to get it done yesterday. It was an absolutely beautiful game. And, uh, you know, you see a team outplay another and in hockey that always doesn't add up to a victory. I alluded to it with the goalie earlier. But so yesterday with the Chicago Blackhawks, it didn't matter. They thoroughly outplayed Philadelphia. They get it done and take a commanding 3-2 lead in the series. And for some weird, weird feeling that I have, I don't feel good about game six in Philadelphia. But the thing is, this team is finally playing well at home. And that is so important. They have home ice in this playoff, and they've decided to start dominating at home. And this is something that they did not do Before the San Jose series during this playoffs, but during the Western Conference Finals, they're able to get to act together. They won the the last uh, they won games three and four at the United Center. Well, you know what? They're three and zero in this particular series at the United Center. So they're taking care of business on home ice and let it all out. The Chicago Blackhawks have a chance at the Stanley Cup championship. So the next game is going to be Wednesday. This is the first time during any series that the Hawks will actually have two days. Uh, in-between games because normally hockey players, they know how to do it. The, ho- the hockey teams, they, they play every other day. They can care less about television ratings. Well, uh, because the NBA Finals are also being played now, and the simple fact that the NBA couldn't play their game on Saturday really gets me pretty upset. So I couldn't watch the the Lakers and Celtics yesterday. Um, well, the, the the way the NHL is doing it, they're going to play Wednesday and, if necessary, this coming Friday. And, Dave Olsen, thank you for getting everything set up for us. Uh, do you realize that if the Blackhawks cannot finish off the Flyers in Game 6 in Philadelphia on Wednesday, it comes back Friday to the United Center. Do you happen to realize what happens Friday afternoon sports-wise in this particular city? In me, they... big
3: dog. No, I don't.
2: The Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs start their Crosstown Classic.
3: That's quite a weekend.
2: I mean this. I mean, because think about it. If the people are going to be liquored up, they're going to be partying. No matter the fact that both of these teams are extremely underachieving, both of them totally underachieving. When these two teams get together, people get riled up. They get fired up sometimes. And I hate to say it, this might be one of those, these years where these six games might be the most important games for both of these teams' fan bases, not the teams actually. And it's actually important for them to get back in the race, but. People get liquored up, they act a fool, they have a good time, and next thing you know, it's going to be you know after drinking for three or four hours, they're going to be like, oh, well, we got to get to a bar to watch the Blackhawks clinch the Stanley Cup. So for the sake of Chicago, they really need to get it done in Philadelphia, Dave. <laughs> honestly, because I'm afraid what might happen to this city if they don't.
3: Well, uh, but you got to remember, Big Dog, our, our fans, if anything else, are classy, and they're not going to trash the town.
2: Oh no, no, they won't. Uh, the the worst thing that happened during the Bulls championships, um, like, somebody busted some windows on Michigan Avenue, but it, it wasn't like looting was going on. And, you know, it, uh, people, it, it never, ever got out of hand. Now, then again, I did hear a lot of guns going off. I lived across the street from Lathrop Homes uh, uh, for a year or two. It was a beautiful neighborhood. It's uh, it's in Lakeview, and then all of a sudden, there was, like, this, this little tiny section of Section 8 home. And, uh, I'm not kidding you. One of my buddies that I live with is like, hey, I heard that we can't be here the day that uh, the Hawks, I mean, the the, the Bulls clinched it. I'm like, why? Well, I got home about 4 o'clock in the morning, and the guns were still going off, Dave. So nice. Other than to shoot the guns up in the air, which is bad enough, I, there's really no rioting or anything in the city of Chicago. So at least we have that to look forward to. Oh, exactly.
3: And, uh, Coach, would you care to comment? Uh, no. No. Okay, Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's, you know, I, I'm
2: a, I was going to let everybody know that uh, you've decided uh, to miss the first 10 minutes of the show because you heard that psychiatrists only work 50 minutes instead of 60 minutes, coach. So you're sick of working the whole 60. I mean, how lazy can you be?
3: I don't know, but I might be ready for a psychologist after my first day of basketball camp. I walk in the uh, gym kind of all fired up and was informed by one of my players that my starting point guard for next year. Has transferred out of school, most likely attending a different school next year. Hey, welcome to summer camp! Things are going great. So, so that,
2: that's that, that's for the, the the high school that you coach at. So not those actual games that you're coaching right now.
3: Right. This is a basketball summer camp for the high school um, team in the winter. It's only the quarterback of your offense, yeah. so it's just no uh, big deal. Please. all right. I'm depressed, but who cares about that? Uh, thank you for opening up the show, Big Dog. I appreciate that. I didn't hear it, but but I'm assuming your intro was a. Uh, Both provocative, both uh, linguistically correct, and certainly uh, controversial, if not entertaining.
2: Well, Dave Olson was giving me the thumbs up. The problem was I was standing (laughs) on my head. I don't know if that's good or bad.
3: Oh, Hawks win, baby. Hawks win one game away from the Stanley Cup. By the way, phone number, if people want to check in, 888-463-6748. If you have a daughter that's interested in being a point guard at the high school level, you can dial that number. I'll be happy to talk to you also. 888-463-6748. Point guard position open. Big dog of the Hawks. Knock off the flyer. One win away, my friend.
2: Uh, Coach, what a game it was yesterday. I mean, yeah. I- They thoroughly outplayed the Flyers, and it was one of those things where, about you know, like 10 minutes in, when they hadn't scored yet, I was like, please don't be one of those games where they they thoroughly outplay them and the Flyers get a fluky goal. And then they they got three goals in like like a six minute period, and what a relief it was. I I mean, I knew it wasn't over, and I was still like watching the game, totally into it, but. That really made everything a lot easier. I did not want them playing from behind yesterday. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to deal with that.
3: Yeah, I had that same feeling. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then they score the three goals, and you think, we are coasting before the Philadelphia Flyers give them credit. They uh, will not go away. Definitely a more talented team than I think anybody gave them credit for, especially They're, the starting players. Team the
2: Hawks have played so far, period. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, it's like, when people are complaining, why, they, why haven't they put them away these people don't know anything. This is the Stanley Cup Finals, Coach. Why don't these people get that it's not supposed to be easy? You know, it's not like you t- these teams just lay over, oh, the Hawks are better than us, here's the Cup.
3: Yeah, you know, the, the so. Western Conference is way better than the Eastern Conference. We should down, well oh, the Western, what are we in? The East or the West? I get confused. We're in the We're in, West. The, e- We're in the West? Yeah. All right, and the Western well, Conference. we're east
2: of the Mississippi, but there's a lot more people over here. Yeah, well,
3: who can keep track, right? The Big Ten is going to have, like, teams, you know, Texas and Rutger, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm losing track
2: of how many teams the Big Ten might possibly have joined the conference next year.
3: Yeah. Apparently, when, when, the Big 12 is going to break up. The Pac-10 is going to have, like, 14 teams. The Big Ten, 16. 16. Yes. 16. Yes. Very confusing. Very. It's it, not only the number that's confusing, it's the geography, too.
2: What about, you know, this, this whole, you know what, I really can't complain because you know who started all of this? The Big Ten when they added Penn State back in 1994. <laughs> They're the ones, I mean, no conferences had changed up until that point. And then after that, like the ACC's like, you know, maybe we should start adding teams. Mm-hmm. And then everything, and then every couple years it gets worse.
3: Right. But we digress. We digress. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, so the Western Conference was significantly stronger than the Eastern Conference. I've heard some people say, oh, you know, the Hawks coming out of the West should down. Well, the Western Conference might be stronger than the Eastern, but we're not playing the whole conference. We're playing the Philadelphia Flyers, and they right now are playing at an extremely high level. I think all five games, every single one of the five games has been great hockey. There hasn't been a dog amongst the bunch. Even the two games Philadelphia won. And the Hawks lost. I mentioned it last week, but I was not devastated. I was disappointed, but it was such great hockey that it took for me, anyway, some of the sting off the loss. Been five great games, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, you know, did you, like people were making comments on on my Twitter, my Facebook, talking about, oh, the Hawks don't have any heart.
3: Oh. Who the heck are these
2: people? How could they question the team's heart because uh, they lost on Friday? They made a couple really stupid mistakes, but when I, when I saw people. If teams don't have heart, do they come back down 4-1 with six minutes to go in a game? Mm-hmm. You know, at least make it a, a game in the last minute? Yeah, I, I was getting pretty upset. And those people, by the way, I let them know exactly how I feel. So. <laughs> and I'm not going to only... let them in, so Whenever they put their little, oh, Hawks are great Stanley Cup champion comments. I'm going to be like, oh, the one, the team with no heart? I'm going to remind <laughs> them of this. So.
3: Be careful. If you're on Twitter, you're on the Big Dog's Facebook page. He's coming firing for you. Eight, no, eight, no, eight. no. Just tell me, don't make <laughs> asinine comments
2: is all I'm saying. So. Okay. Sorry. All right. So you,
3: so you can write on your Facebook page. Just don't make asinine comment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's a, a friendly public service for all the folks out there. Our phone number again, 888-463-6748. Big dog caller number one of the day. Checking in from Chicago, Illinois. It's caller Jim checking in. Jim, how are
1: you? I'm a little hungover, coach, but I'll survive. Stop bragging. It was a great game and it was well <laughs> worth the hangover. What do you think?
3: I agree with you. It was it was sensational hockey. It was a huge win for the Blackhawks. The how about the end of the game when the Hawk fans the final ten seconds or the crescendo was almost as loud as when that national anthem. And by the way, that you know the national anthem is always loud. Caller Jim, that Mm -hmm. might have been the loudest I've ever heard it at the United Center for that uh, game five pregame national anthem.
1: Well, back in the day when the Cubs used to win, you know, the fans wouldn't go home after the game, and it's kind of like that. Yeah, you know, it's nice to see the fans rallying around the team.
3: Did
2: you guys happen to see the faces of the Blackhawks during the, the national yes. anthem yesterday? Yes. I mean, that was uh, like right then. I, would, I mean, I, I honestly, I was really worried about the game. Yeah. And when they went across the bench and showed all those guys, uh, me and the roommates were just yelling out like, "Come on, Bolin! Come on, you know, and then, you know Claudio! Come on, Burst!" They, they looked. As, they showed the faces of these guys. They were ready to play hockey. It was as simple as that. Yeah. And I, and they even credited the fans. They were like, the fans gave us so much energy, there was no way we were going to lose tonight.
3: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they came out, played a great first period, jumped out to the early league. But caller Jim, the Philadelphia Flyers, me and Joel at least agreeing that uh, they are a game opponent, refused to give up, and much, much more talented than uh, many people give them credit for. Your prediction in game six, do you think the Flyers send it back to the UC?
1: No. No. No, I don't. I think the, the Hawks need a road win. They need to put that team away before that team puts them away. They're, well, they're definitely a game the, the, team, and they're ahead, faster Jim. than I thought they'd be. You know, they're not just the bullies from Philly. Uh, they they
2: definitely are not. They're, they're a really good team. But the one thing, speed. Philly, Jim, the, the Hawks are finally playing great on home ice. So if I, it does I go agree. back to Game Seven, I'm not worried about like any type of momentum or anything Philly might have going into Game Seven if there is one. Possibly. Yeah,
1: I think they need to keep that speed up, like they had last night. And uh, they'll put them away in Philly. Well,
2: they if they will. The plane. If, if they if they play that way, they will. And what I'm worried about is, Coach, while you were getting out of the psychiatrist chair, um, <laughs> you know that the Cubs and White Sox play a game together on that Friday afternoon that would be the game-clinching seven games.
3: Was not aware of that.
2: We do not need 40,000 drunken people walking out of Wrigley Field, going into bars to watch a Game 7 clinching win by the Ooh. Chicago Blackhawks. So That's all I'm saying. The Sox, so go Hawks in Philly.
3: The Sox-Cubs game is a uh, is an afternoon game?
2: Yes, it's, uh, it's at Wrigley, Coach.
3: Okay, so you'd have all those. if, if sure there, it's
2: at Wrigley. If yeah. there
3: was a Game 7, you got the big Sox-Cubs crowd, and then they're uh, – Mosing on out, and the scary thing is, you'd still have about two hours in between that and the start of the Hawks game to yeah. uh, imbibe a little bit more, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, and uh, and you can ask you can ask Jim. He's hungover. He probably knows. In these economic down times, there are there are drink specials. You can get like two dollar beers in Wrigleyville. That hasn't happened since like Ronald Reagan was running for governor of California. <laughs> the last time they had two dollar beer specials in Wrigleyville. Yeah, so like. Uh, Beer and alcohol is a lot cheaper than it was like five, ten years ago. People, look out city of Chicago, so please get it done in game six. (laughs)
3: Uh, Caller Jim, would you be one of those, uh, if it comes down to a game seven, would you be at a public bar trying to celebrate with your fellow brethren in the comfort of your own home? Where might you, Caller Jim, be viewing a game seven, if it comes down to that?
1: Uh, I have to tell you, Coach, I've been doing the backyard thing on the radio. That's awesome, awesome John. Weideman is
3: awesome. Wow.
1: And, you know, it, it brings me back to my youth.
3: Uh-huh.
1: you know, back in the day, yeah. we didn't have a TV in every room.
3: Lloyd Pettit and Jimmy West?
1: Yeah, and so there was one TV in the house, and the old man dictated what was going to be on that thing. Mm-hmm. So I had my little radio. You know, whether it was a solar-powered electronic project kit or a little transistor with the earphones stuck in my ear. um, That's the way I listened to Hawks games growing up. So that's what I've been doing, and my wow. buddies seem to appreciate it. And wow. I get the sound about eight seconds faster than my neighbors with their TVs.
0: Because
1: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the delayed reaction on the goals, and the, you know, because the neighbors here, they're all nuts for it.
0: Uh-huh.
3: They
1: had plasma TVs outside last weekend.
0: So you're saying, <laughs> so
3: you're, say- you're saying, you're saying had- that the TV is ahead of the radio, or the radio's ahead of the TV?
1: The radio's quicker. Oh, yeah. Right eight seconds later well, you eight should... seconds later I hear them cheering, you know, and it's
3: You should play games with your neighbors. You should just like every once in a while just scream out like yeah! yeah
1: and then I thought about it last night. I was I was imbibing heavily. Yes. And then the neighbor came home. My, my Chinese neighbor upstairs came Uh-oh. home and uh, decided to bring down a bottle of brandy. Uh oh. Well, when you start starting at it after ten o'clock at night, you know, <laughs> you drink the beer all day, it's like, uh-huh. whoa, baby.
2: Dangerous. She didn't try to give you some acupuncture or something at the end of the night, did she?
1: <laughs> well, I didn't wake up till 8 a.m., and that's a no-no for me. I'm always up at 5, oh, and at 8 o'clock I rolled over and went, oh, my God. What did I do to myself? How
3: about that, though, big dog? A avid Blackhawks fan who passes up the TV to uh, get in touch with his old days. I like the technique, out in the backyard listening to the radio when he could. When he could, just walk in and watch the game, but Jimmy's trying to live it. Through the radio, I love the concept. I don't know if I'm gutsy no. enough to do it, but I love the concept. Oh, yeah phenomenal. Just, that
1: play-by-play guy is phenomenal. I mean, it's so, so much His name is John
2: Wideman and, and legitimately, Jim, he is. He will paint a picture. You know what is going on in the game. Coach, oh, yeah. the, way he, or he, the way he says the game, you know what's going on. You don't even – you can just close your eyes, and if you just let it go, he will paint the picture of a hockey a hockey game right in front of you. And right when you get into this, bush, you know something's about to happen. Mm-hmm is we have we're so blessed in the city of Chicago to the inflection have in His voice Joel.
1: You know that? that is the inflection in his voice goes up and down as things happen and.
2: Oh, absolutely! You can tell if he's talking normal that it must be in the neutral zone. You know, <laughs> uh, it's Coach. He the way if you listen to him for 15 minutes, you will catch on to everything, and you will he will paint the picture in your head, mm. unlike anybody ever has
0: yeah.
2: Wow, uh, he's it's the crazy. man.
1: I mean, if it isn't raining, I'm outside listening to the game. I mean, that's where I'm going to be Wednesday.
3: Big Dog, not to sidetrack a little bit, but uh, taking hockey lines into your social life over the weekend. Paint the picture for the fans out there. Were you uh, pretty much stuck in the neutral zone? Did you forecheck a little bit? Did you cross the blue line? uh, Approximately what part of the rink were you playing in?
2: Uh, I definitely had a lot of chances to attack, and everybody okay. was like, "Wow, he had all kinds of shots on net." But so you did, the problem was, I, I did come up pointless this particular weekend. But you did put puck on net. But I, I did have a plus rating in my plus minus system. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs>
3: Remember, you yeah. got to follow your shots. That's the key. I mean, uh, well, half, yeah, half the that, battle is that putting... was my problem. I actually had a couple chances to follow the shot,
2: but yeah. I got pulled. My line got pulled off the ice. Uh, of that's me. no joke. Terrible. It's funny you said it that way.
3: All right, you got to talk to a coach. Hey, Jimmy, um, we appreciate the call. We appreciate the hawk love. We appreciate the fact that even though you were completely hungover from a dangerous combination of beer, and what did your uh, Chinese brandy. neighbor bring over? And beer and brandy.
1: Well, brandy. My dad's buddy used to say that's like giving guns to the Indians. Giving that stuff to me. Um, yeah, it was it was lights out. I had a fire in the yard, you know, a fire pit. And uh, it got a little out of control because I'm looking at two feet of burnt grass around this thing. I had a roaring inferno. <laughs> sounds and like another. a hell of a
3: time. I don't know if you remember it, but it sounds like a heck of a time. And you know what? I if do you're... remember
1: it. It was it was good. I mean, I behaved myself. Is your dad
3: still around, Jimmy?
1: No, he's he been gone right. a bunch of years, Coach. But right. he uh, sounds
3: like he. It's too bad because he sounds like the kind of him guy. And
1: me, unfortunately. Um, <laughs>
3: it's
1: like. The apple didn't fall far from the tree.
3: Sometimes the Big Dog Caller Jim annoys us, but it sounds like Caller Jim's dad would have been our kind of guy.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, He was a one of a kind, but, you know, you've got a dad. Everybody's had a dad. Yep. You know, they're a special guy. They taught you a lot of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you, you, you know. refer to him from time to time, I'm sure. You think back and go, yeah, oh, yeah that's something their old dad would have done. And,
2: yeah, and luckily, he'd rather watch the Bing Crosby special than the Blackhawks game because now you get to, <laughs> you know, you get to hear the dulcet tones of a John Wideman.
1: Yeah, and you know, the nights when I was listening to the Hawks as a kid, he probably had some movie on or, you know, Lawrence Welk or, you know, who knows, you know. Sure. <laughs>
3: All right, all of a sudden we're getting sentimental from days gone by. Jimmy, we appreciate the call. Go Hawks, okay?
1: Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good day.
3: There it is. Caller Jim checking in. You can too. 888-463-6748. Jim drops off Joel and leaves uh, 12 other lines wide open. Hate when that happens. Yeah. Must be a caller Uh, with a lot of influence.
2: Yeah, that that was, you know, Jim talking. I used to do that too when I was a kid because we only had the one television. I I can't believe I'm, I'm admitting I'm that old. There was a time when my family uh, could only afford one TV. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to go up and listen on my boom box, and I would listen to the Illinois basketball games or the Blackhawk hockey games, you are just laying on the floor, listening yeah. to the listening to, uh, whoever was calling them at the time, yeah. Lloyd Pettit. Or...
3: Oh, yeah. Some some of my greatest uh, memories as a kid is we head down memory lane here on the two guys at a mic show listening to Lloyd Pettit on the radio. I can still remember doing the homework in the room. I'd be listening to the game. My dad would come in the room, turn off the ra- uh, Hawks game. Do your homework and concentrate. He'd leave the room. I'd turn the Hawks game back on. That would happen like three or four times over the course of time. But Lloyd Pettit, the Black Hawk on radio, a major part of my younger years.
2: A shot yeah, you you're one of the few people in the city of Chicago with an with an afro that was listening to the Blackhawks. So Probably.
3: Probably. Mm-hmm. Darn proud of it too. Remember that great pause he would have? Bobby Hole or Makita wins the draw. Back to the point. Bobby Hole, a shot. And a save. And then the next one. Bobby Hole with a shot. And I go! That one second pause, that moment of silence was so powerful, Big
2: Duck. Like, just like how you can tell like when John Wyman is describing the game next week. You oh, know, there might be a chance that he you, you know, and then you mm-hmm. just you just have to pay attention when it happens.
3: <laughs> how about Dan Kelly of the St. Louis Blues, WKMOX? What was his goal call, Big Duck? I have no idea, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, you do. Come on. Great hockey. Now he shoots. He scores? Yeah. He shoots. He scores! World <laughs> Cup coming up in a couple of days. Go, 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 Now you gotta put on,
2: you gotta put on Telemundo to hear that guy. <laughs> 888
3: 463 6, 4, 8. Hawks win. I'm gonna disagree with you real quick before the break a little bit. I think you had mentioned, uh, you know, a little bit not to worry if we do lose game six. Maybe I'm underplaying it a little bit. You know, the Hawks are playing well on their home ice. I think in Philadelphia. Wins game six. I think when you come back to game seven of the United Center, it's going to be a different feel. I'm, I'm a little worried about that. I think the pressure will be on the Hawk. I think Philadelphia, if they're able to win in game six, the fact that, Big Dog, they've come from behind, well, we all know their story, right? You know, barely even made the playoffs. Down three zero to the Boston Bruins. Down 3-0 to in the final game. They've come back so many times. I think if it goes game seven the momentum and the psychology is in favor of the Philadelphia Flyer.
2: Yeah, and th- that might be true, and that's what everybody's going to be saying for 48 hours, Coach, you're, you're 100% right. And right when they drop the puck, it won't make any difference. I, if it comes back game seven, I, I could care less. It's, mm-hmm. I, right. They're playing so well on their home ice right now. Okay. They're finally – got to dominate on your home ice, especially in the playoffs when they're finally doing it. So right. just in case it does come back for game seven, I, I'm going to disagree, and I don't think okay. that – The pressure might be on the Blackhawks, and we'll get it right off.
3: I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Finally, as we head to... I'm getting that
2: feeling that there is going to be a Game 7 in this series.
3: As we head to a break, question for you, Big Dog, as my uh, Pony League tournament schedule comes out, Game 2 of the playoffs. Game 2, Friday evening. I'm asking you, Joel, as the creator and uh, beseecher of all things moralistic in the world of sport.
2: You want me to make it rain?
3: Do we play our House League playoff game, or do we blow it off and watch the Hawk Game 7? Okay, well, you guys play under the lights. So it would be a uh, well, 6 o'clock game, so you're right. We'd probably catch it. Oh, well, them. because if
2: you want me to, I'll be more than happy to go cut the cut the electricity in the neighborhood. So okay. uh, you, you can go home to your house and watch All the right. game that won't be on because there'll be no electricity in the neighborhood.
3: Keep the scissors sharp. I might take you up on that. We'll, okay. take, we'll take a quick break. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic, big dog, and a coach at your service. Back in 42 seconds. Yeah.
1: Are open for your calls on two guys and a mic. Call 888-go for it. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on
0: talkzone.com.
3: All right, David uh, Olson, our fine producer, playing some outstanding music during the break. Two guys and a mic, talkzone.com. By the way, you want to email us, you can do so at mike 2 guysaolcom M-I-C, and the number two, Mike. TwoGuysAOL.com. Don't forget to check our Facebook page, which is TwoGuysMike.com. All kinds of information on the Facebook page. Your picture, by the way, Big Dog, has not yet been updated. I don't know how to gently put this, but your picture could use a little uh, touch-up work.
2: Yeah, I would hope so. That picture was taken to me... When I was at least, yeah. I had about 90 pounds more fat on me than I do right now in that yeah. picture.
3: Yeah, you're I weigh much, about
2: 60 pounds more.
3: You are a much right more now. austere, photogenic gentleman now than when that picture was who, taken. Can I,
2: should I email you a picture, Coach? Because I have one.
3: Well, you might want to email Big John, who is the creator of our uh, Facebook. You can email it to me, and I'll look at it and probably, uh, you know, drool a little bit. But with my technological skills, it won't do a whole lot of good.
2: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll email it to Big John Vic at whatever. <laughs>
3: You said that with such disdain. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, very quickly. Let's finish up on the uh, Stanley Cup uh, Fever Talk here again. Hawk fans, Flyer fans, you want to check in. Triple Eight, four, six, three, six, seven, four, eight. The Hawks uh, mixed up their lines, big duh. Joel Keenville has done that throughout his career, throughout this season with the Blackhawks. Kind of a gutsy thing to do this late in the playoffs, but he mixed and matched different guys, and every single line brought something to the table. A gutsy move, but it worked, didn't it,
2: no, I don't see it gutsy at all, Coach, for the simple fact that he's done that all season long. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they play two stagnant games, new lines. All of a sudden, they, they play great for like four or five games and then all the new lines. So they've been doing it all year. So it wasn't like that. This line has played together before. They they continue to switch lines up the whole entire season. So I would say, and maybe if he hadn't done that all year, it would have been real risky. I totally expected it. So just, everyone's making a big deal. Oh, what? what, what they had new lines. Well, you know, they do this every series. They've done it okay. in all four series of the playoffs so far. Okay. They've done this. Okay. where they, Not the specific line, but they shook them up every single series. Except San Jose, because they won all four mm-hmm. games in San Jose.
3: You know, so. we mentioned before the Blackhawks are uh, far from, you know, one of the great teams of all time, and if they do win this, Cup. And Stanley I would disagree with you on that. Well, all right. right, they're not. I don't think they're going to go down as one of the great teams, but I think you'll agree with me. Their team depth, and you've seen it in this Flyers series, we've seen it really since game one of the playoffs, their depth. I mean, one guy is not carrying him, Two guys is not carrying him. They get scoring from each and every one of their lines. Again, I don't think they're the best team, but they might be. Scoring-wise, one of the deepest teams we've seen in a number of years.
2: That, that, that was going to be my point, because everybody knows about Hosta and Kane and Tace. You know, Dave Boland, eight goals. Dustin Bufflin, ten goals. Patrick Sharp, nine goals. Christopher this team Steve. is extremely deep. Sixteen different players have scored. Yep. That's why, Coach, when you're talking about us, uh, Trust me. Five, ten years from now, this team is going to be looked down upon as being one of the great teams. Not because they had, oh, they have Sidney Crosby or they have Ale- uh, Alexei Ovechkin. No, what they have are they had what 12 players out of the 20 represent their country in the Olympics, like twice as much as any team in, in the NHL this year. This team mm-hmm. is loaded with all stars, coach. That's why I'm going to just. Dis- you keep saying they won't be. They're not that good. This is one of the best teams that hockey has seen in years, in years. Just, they just don't have Crosby. They don't have Nicholas Lidstrom. You know, they don't have, like, that gigantic superstar on their team. All of those are gigantic superstars are 21 and 22. And 10 years from now, when they're 31 and 32, you're going to look back on this team and be like, wow, Bufflin and Bolin and Hosta and Burrish were all on the same team, and they won't be able to keep all these guys anymore because of the way the salary cap is structured. Right. So I'm just I'm, – I've said at the beginning of the playoffs when you said this, it's not like I just jumped on when they're one win away from mm-hmm. the, winning the Stanley Cup. I have been uh, disagreeing with you since the start of the playoffs okay. about this.
3: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. History will tell, uh, but uh, you, you might possibly be right when we look back at it with all the uh, great young players, and not just the offense either. You look at the defensemen and uh, – Great depth at that position, too. Duncan Keith has been playing awesome. Seabrook. Jalmerson had the one bad – he really wasn't a bad game. It was two. No, no, no.
2: Coach, if you make those two horrific mistakes, you had a bad game. Okay. Okay. I mean, if you had one – that's one thing. But if you do what he did twice – Yeah. Merson played well yesterday. Yeah. So.
3: Merson's played well, really, uh, every game, except yeah, that he one has. particular game when he made the two turnovers. He's been very good. And Brian Campbell, it wasn't yesterday so much. But it was in game four when, for the first time, Brian Campbell looked like the Brian Campbell of old. And I'm talking about those rushes up ice. I call him Bobby Orr Light. But when he plays like that, he's starting to step up his game a little bit, too. And uh, the, the defense, as well as the offense, they're, they're so talented from you know position 20 all the way to position 1.
2: Oh, I, I couldn't agree more, Coach. I, I mean, I, I do agree with him. And and as much as their backup goalie, who hopefully will not play again in this series, because mm-hmm. that would be really bad. But you think you know, people rip on Cristobal, Huey. Crystal Cristobal, who is an above-average goalie. Is he worthy of winning a Stanley Cup? You know, I don't know, but there's, there's at least ten teams in the NHL that would love to have that as him as their goalie next year. Mm-hmm. So.
3: How about the uh, checks? How about the physicality of Big Buff knocking down Chris Pronger a couple times? Was that a beautiful thing?
2: That was beautiful. You know what also was beautiful? Patrick Kane eluding Pronger. And while Pronger's trying to kill him and little Patrick Kane, like, skating around him, while Pronger just barely keeps on missing him and missing him. So it was like everybody was doing their part. Big 260-pound Buff smashing people into the boards. Pronger, and then little Patrick Kane flying right past him because uh, Pronger's limping because his hit has to hurt after what What? Big Buff just did to it.
3: He is so much fun to watch, Patrick Kane. You appreciate him more each and every game, not just his speed. Everybody talks about his quickness, but it's his puck handling. It's his uh, creativity. It's his intuition. He just does so many things. Some of them are spectacular, Big Dog, and some of them are what I would call spectacularly subtle. I mean, they're, they're little, just little subtle moves that you really have to know the game of hockey, but he bottom line is he's fun to watch and his game is taken to another level.
2: Uh, Absolutely. And isn't it crazy? Every time there's big moments in this kid's career, like he he may disappear for a while. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like the gold medal game against Canada. I mean, what's that? I mean, he was the best skater on the ice for the United States. There was no doubt about it. Uh, Yesterday, People questioning, oh, where's Kane? Where's Kane? You know, and next thing you know, Kane was everywhere yesterday. Mm -hmm. And and speaking speaking of Buff, you were talking about how the big checks he had, and he had a bunch of them yesterday. I was uh, wondering that if I was going to have to do the show in the big Buff today. Two goals? He he had two goals. That's right. Like I said, if the Hawks, if he scores three goals in a game that the Hawks win, I will do the show in the Buff.
3: Wow. Wow. I'm almost glad he stopped the two goals.
2: There's only one more chance it can possibly happen in the two games, so I, I doubt it's going to happen.
3: I'll settle for a two-goal game and a Stanley Cup championship. I don't know if I want to see a, I mean, it'd be funny. I don't know if it would be allowed on the webcast, Big Dog doing the show in the Buff, if Big Buff gets a hat trick, but uh, from an entertainment value, I don't know if me and David Olson can handle that for an entire hour. Or so maybe – Dustin Buffett, if you're listening to the show, two goals is fine, and then make a couple assists after that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, but I know He, he have shot at a goal. He no, I don't want to see him. I do know from
3: a past experience, you are a man not afraid to take your clothes off in public. That's been established in the past.
2: Yeah, it has, and that's also why I, I can I can no longer go to Chicago Fire Games out at Toro <laughs> Park.
3: <laughs> You've been banned, huh?
2: Yeah, I have been.
3: Seriously. <laughs> every every uh, rather... Large, built, bald-headed guy gets carded now when he walks into the fire game, all because of your um, one time when you imbibed a little bit too much and took off your clothes.
2: Yeah, poor Steve wilcox he can't go anywhere.
3: <laughs> all right, real quick as we uh head to the second half of the show, lots of other sports over the weekend. Big dog, the Boston Celtics NBA Finals, they evened it up yesterday. It's now 1-1 Ray Allen going off. I didn't see the game, I was watching the Hawks, but uh 27 points in the first half, that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, and uh, during a commercial, you know, flipped over just to see the score of the game, and right when when we did it, they were like, Ray Allen is six for six from three, and I was like, wow. So I don't know. I guess he ended eight of eleven for yep. the day, mm-hmm. but oh my goodness, coach, that's a, that's a, Michael Jordan hit his first six three pointers against the uh, the Trailblazers, so he must have tied a record because Jordan had six and a half against. Uh, Against uh, Trailblazers, and he broke Scottie Pippen's and Kenny Smith's record. And the only reason why I know this is I've been doing those trivia apps, coach,
0: mm-hmm. of
2: most three pointers in the NBA Finals game because Scottie uh, had seven one game. Everybody would think that Michael would have that record if, uh, instead of Scottie, but it's actually Michael Jordan. I mean, Interesting. Uh, Scottie.
3: Pippen. Interesting, because you don't think of Scottie Pippen as a you know good three point shooter, not great like you think of Ray Allen, but. Uh... Well, he had 27 points in the first half, but in a bigger picture, uh, big dog, Boston Celtics steal a game at L.A. It's got to be a confidence builder for them. Could be a pretty good NBA Finals before it's all said and done. That's
2: it's go, it's going seven, Coach. It's, it's absolutely going seven. And uh, I just wanted to say, you know, suck it up, NBA. Why the hell you weren't playing on Saturday? And we had everybody in there. You know what? Obviously, any Chicago team in the Finals, I'm going to watch whatever sport their finals is over anything else. And, and do you, know, am I dying to watch the Lakers Celtics? No, I could care less. It's the NBA finals. I would watch it no matter who was playing in it. It just, it just irks me. The fact that these two leagues would have their uh, a final showcase up against each other on a Sunday night, figure mm-hmm. something out. I mean, I, it, just, it just it made me a little upset you know everybody dying for ratings well you hurt yourself okay is what both those leagues did
3: yeah the two so. commissions got to get together and correct me if i'm wrong it's been a while now but commissioner gary bettman came to the nhl uh after working as the number two guy under david stern so the two of them are good friends you think they could get together and uh, you know make it better for the consumer so we can watch both games
2: Stern doesn't return his calls. Come okay. on, okay. Stern's, Stern's arrogant. You mean there's okay, been? A, let's, let's, let's be honest.
3: There's been a Tipper and L in the relationship. I don't know if they well probably like Tipper and I
2: I don't think they've ever slept together. Okay, so that, that that's probably a good comparison, coach.
3: So probably so much time spent apart, the relationship. Just after a while, it just it just it just. Yeah,
2: do you think David Stern could care less about the NHL, the health of the NHL? He, the, as far as he's concerned, he wants that. He'd wanted to drop off the map because that's the other winter league wow. that he competes with.
3: You are a cold. And, and
2: don't think that David Stern would, isn't like that, coach, because he is.
3: You are a cold-hearted individual. I can only hope David Stern is not as cold as you are, Doug.
2: No, no, I, I, no. I'm just being honest. I'm not saying it's right. That's mm-hmm. exactly how David Stern feels. He doesn't care about the NHL. If if somebody would tell him uh, you could figure out a way to eliminate the NHL and have no competition during the winter, he would be more than happy.
3: Even with his good friend, Gary Bettman, as the commissioner.
2: Like I said, he's no longer his good <laughs> friend anymore.
3: Go oh, goodness. Thank you very much for that insight. How about the French Open, dog? The French Open, Roland Garros Stadium in beautiful uh, Paris, France. I don't know, David Olson, if we had a reporter for the two guys at a mic show, did we did we have anyone down in uh, Paris, France reporting for our show? Uh, they couldn't clear airport security. Really? So they never, uh, they never made it out of the airport. Shocking. So they're still in the airport. Uh, as far as I know, the Chili's, that's... Uh, All right. Boy, the, uh, wait, wait, wait till Chris Whitting gets the bill from the airport bar. But apparently, uh, sorry, we didn't have anybody there, so we got to be the reporters. Big deal. Raphael Nadel defeated my guy Robin Soling, his fifth French Open championship for Raphael Nadel.
2: Well, congratulations. I have no idea how he did it, but congratulations.
3: Mm-hmm. He dominates, dominates. And they got that red clay at Roland Garros Stadium, right?
2: Yes, I, I would. It's definitely a red, like a puke red.
3: <laughs> I don't know if that's quite the way I would describe it. I don't think the people at Roland Garris Stadium, the maintenance director, would have, would describe it that way. But thank you for that lovely description.
2: It's kind of like the Texas burnt orange.
3: Mm-hmm. A little bit. I like the Texas burnt orange. How about the Belmont Stakes? An upset winner. And if I had my notes with me, I'd tell you who the winner was. It was not uh, the favorite icebox, I can tell you that. Did you watch the Belmont? Yeah, well, I.
2: I I didn't watch it was it Dosserling or something like that yeah, coach. Yeah. Is that I, I just I mean I read it really quick. I didn't see any highlights board or anything like that. I was mm-hmm. uh on my handheld yesterday uh going downtown doing getting some work done.
3: 13 so. to 1 odds and knocked off uh, Icebox and knocked off first dude and I think flyaway came down the stretch but uh Kosserling or some name that sounded like it came out of like a Dickens novel is very a very poetic horse's name but the Triple Crown is over and I think it's safe to say Big Dog this year will not be remembered as one of the more historic, memorable Triple Crown uh, racing events.
2: Yeah, if you were betting on yesterday's very sure to generate, basically, is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, basically, you know how big the Kentucky Derby is based upon how many people that could care less and never bet are actually betting on it compared to like people trying to win back uh, four weeks of losses on previous horse races, starting with the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm.
3: What about the folks that bet on harness racing? How would you analyze them?
2: They do have they have even bigger issues. If you're betting on harness <laughs> racing, are you serious? <laughs> I mean, you got nothing better to do with your life. I mean, you might as well just go to the dog track right when the the harness racing is over with. Uh-huh.
3: Bet on the rabbit. Bet on the rabbit. When in doubt. All right. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Baseball wise, your beloved Cub continue to struggle. They lose two out of three to the Houston Astros. The White Sox lose two out of three to Cleveland. Big dog. When the hockey ends and the fans here in the city of Chicago have to concentrate on baseball, whew, it's going to be a tough season. It's really been a rough, thus far anyways, a rough baseball year.
2: Yeah, you know what? Uh, the the Cubs put a, put a congratulatory ad in, in one of the papers, probably the Tribune, I'm assuming, uh, about the Blackhawks, even though they haven't won the Cup yet. Why are the Cubs doing that? They're a bunch of freaking idiots over there. And uh, But the, they need to send a thank-you note instead of the White Sox because I don't think anybody in the city realizes how underachieving both those ball clubs are right no. now. It's, it's embarrassing. If you hadn't watched another Major League Baseball game this year, and don't look at the standing, okay, didn't know anything about MLB, you would think the Pirates and the Indians were going to be playing in the World Series against
3: each other. Based on how they played against our Chicago teams. If you just watch this, yep.
2: these games, I mean, the, yesterday that was one of the White Sox' biggest wins of the season, uh, coming back and winning 8-7 mm-hmm. uh, against the Indians. And the Indians have owned the White Sox. They were 8-3 against them going into yesterday's game. So It's
3: kind of sad after losing two straight games when your biggest game of the season is trying to salvage one game against the Cleveland Indians. That uh, shows well, you how I'm, things have gone.
2: Well, I mean, they, they had to turn it around soon. And, you know, if you're down, what well, was well, it was at least... 6 to 2. You know, Mark Burley getting pounded again yesterday. They had to do something. So, mm-hmm. that was so far. If they're going to salvage the season, that might be. If they can do it now, that might be it. So.
3: Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope they can turn it around. Derek Lee, I think of the Chicago Cubs, said it best. He said, hey, you know, you media guys and the fans can stay negative. We're going to try to stay as positive as we can. So, it's an easy trap to fall into. We'll keep rooting for our teams, but to be perfectly objective, it's been. Uh, Mediocre at best, at best for both teams. And Lou Piniella, you know, Ozzie Guillen seems to be keeping a certain level of uh, psychological maintenance, if you will. Lou Piniella, a few more losses, Big Dog. I don't know if he's going to make the end of the season.
2: I think the, he's actually going to get fired. Really? I don't think he's going to quit. I don't think he's going to step down. I think they are going to fire him. Really? So if, if, if it doesn't get turned around. Now, don't forget, he has. Nothing left at the uh, this was his last year in the contract, right? So they they might do it just for the simple and they might be like, Lou, we're really sorry and and no disrespect here, we don't want to make you to look bad, but right. we have to try to save some face so we can't fire ourselves, Jim Hendry. Uh, we're going to fire you instead. Okay. I, something like that might happen, yeah. Cosa.
3: I think I tend to agree with that a little bit more. When I heard first heard you say the Cubs are going to fire Lupin, yeah, I don't think they do it. Just as a traditional firing, I almost see it more as a, uh, you know, Lou Piniella coming out and saying, you know what, the Cubs want to make a change, and you know what, I can kind of understand it. Almost like a mutual thing where instead of just a hard and fast fire, I think Lou Piniella's built up enough of, over his career of a uh, reputation where they wouldn't just out-and-out out fire
2: him. They'll do it. Seriously, they'll do it in a real dramatic way. They'll blindfold him, walk him out in front of the ivy, <laughs> you know, tie his hands behind his back, and uh-huh. they'll have uh, – you know, they'll have, like, Sterling Cash will come out there and light a cigarette for him and then, like, run out of the way, and then a couple people will, like, beat him
3: with that. Have him walk out at a plank. Ryan Theriot could be dressed as Captain Hook. It'll be a beautiful thing.
2: Well, well did you say Ryan Therio walk? <laughs> did you think? Did you? Because I don't think Ryan Theriault has walked all season, coach.
3: Good catch. The two of them are having a little battle. Did you notice? Yeah, that? they are. Yeah, yeah, they are. Ryan Theriault. I don't want. I don't want that defensive mentality. I don't like to go up looking for a walk loop. But yeah, it's not a defensive mentality? A no, walk no. is an offensive play. So the two of them not exactly seeing eye to eye.
2: No, he's exactly right. If you weigh less than 150 pounds and you play in the major league baseball, a walk is a weapon. People should pitch to you because you're not going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. You should be forced to hit your way on. There is no reason for him to swing at a pitch that is not in the strike zone. Period. He's not Vladimir Guerrero driving in 135 runs a year. Where I could care less if you never walk. Mm-hmm. Point of the matter is Ryan Terrio needs to be on first base. I don't care if it's hit by pitch. I don't care if it's he forces an error on a bunt. He needs to get his butt on the first base more often.
3: Otherwise, he shouldn't be in the lineup, coach. Baseball fans, you want to check in? Dog and the coach here talk a little baseball. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven. 48, two guys that a Mike show here, talkzone.com. We do it every Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day, five. And Toto, how about our guy, uh, Ubaldo Jimenez? He goes 11-1, and one. gave up a couple of runs in seven innings yesterday, but big dog for the fans not aware. We talked about um, last week that maybe one of the most dominant two months of pitching we've seen in recent modern Ever. major league baseball history.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I can, you can start comparing, uh, you know, for, for Nando Valenzuela in 1981. Mm-hmm. Uh, I unfortunately did not see what Juan Marichal did in 1966 to start the season. Now I, I would have loved to have seen it, but that was the pitchers, pitchers era, which doesn't mean that your wins loss should be different. I hate when people are like, Oh, it's an easy pitchers park. You should have more wins. No, that has nothing to do with it because you have another pitcher pitching in that easy pitching park, but your ERA, you know, can go up or down. The fact that Obaldo Jimenez has pitched half his games in Colorado and his ERA rose to .93 yesterday. Don't you love how they, o, o, Obaldo wins game number 11 and his ERA rises to .93? <laughs> you know, I mean, just like, reading that, I was like, are you kidding me? That's hilarious. Yeah, this is the best two months I've ever seen a pitcher have. Ever in my entire life. I'm mean, Pedro Martinez in 2000 when he supposedly had the greatest season in in, in history when he had a whip of .73. Mm-hmm. What he's doing right now is just its it's remarkable, Coach. Had seven
3: strikeouts and two or three walks yesterday. Pretty good. As you were talking, I wrote down three guys that uh, I think might have had similar dominant periods, but I don't know if anybody's ever been better. Uh, Don Drysdale, I remember for the Dodgers, had that scoreless inning streak for a long
2: time. 59 in a third inning, yep. Coach, he threw scoreless ball.
3: He had a great run. Vita Blue, I remember back in the day. I can't give you any stats, but I know he was red hot. And another guy, a young Dwight Gooden for the New York Mets. He went through a stretch when he was just lights out. In, as well. in
2: 1985, Gooden had an ERA of 1.53, Coach, How for the you, whole entire
3: season. Right off the top that, of your head, you know what year that was. Well, why Why wouldn't I? It happened. Well, wow. why wouldn't I? I mean, 99.9% of the people would not be able to tell you both the year and the era that's you know the 1985
2: baseball. was a really gigantic pitcher year in baseball john tudor do you remember him
3: i do he had 10
2: shutouts that it that
3: year st louis cardinal st louis he
2: had 10 shutouts so that was like a year the league era was like 3.5 mm-hmm. you know what i mean the the league era nowadays it's like 4.8 and abaldo Jimenez's era is at 0.93 okay what year so was that's it? What, that's why i'm talking about. it's ridiculous relatively speaking We've never seen anything like what this kid has done for the first two months of a season.
3: 1985. Mm-hmm, look it up. Okay, now I know I don't remember. 1985 was a bad year for me, Big Doug.
2: Why, what happened? Year, you,
3: I, you... I think I was in a uh, job change, had a few problems with the family, and I think I was questioning my sexuality. It was a very tough year back then.
2: Yeah, I would not admit you are questioning your sexuality on radio, coach. That's, that's just me. Okay.
3: I came back in 1987. What can I tell you? 85 was a tough year for me. That's why I, but, I can't recall a Dwight Gooden's ERA and win-loss percentage.
2: My my roommate Russell says he would question his sexuality on radio. He would question my sexuality or his sexuality. No, his, he said his own. Really? Yes.
3: Really. Well, tell Russell eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Uh, we're right here for it. if you want to talk sports, or if you want to talk it out and question your own sexuality. That's what we do here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. We're very user friendly. In fact, if we get any user more user friendly, we might get arrested. Thank you very much. All right, any more baseball news, Big dog Before we wrap up the show, I think you know the topic I want to bring up to wrap it up. But any other uh, baseball items you'd like to bring up?
2: Well, uh, for my um, for my own sake, everybody, please go to W dot and click on the link to black and blue city Not- watch our episodes we've got two more on there uh yeah, my roommates won't do it i keep asking to they, they just blow me off so but i, I got other people doing it okay. so uh and just to let you know this thursday we're filming on state and madison the wow. zero address zero what? north zero south zero east zero west the city of chicago's coordinate off the area
3: Nice. And we're filming
2: our show at State and Madison this particular Thursday.
3: Nice, right at the zero quadrant. That's like that place uh, David Olson, our geographical expert, isn't there? One place out in somewhere Utah, Nevada, where you can stand in one location and, like, be in four different states states at once?
2: Yeah, it would be Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Utah.
3: Very cool. The four corners, I believe they call it. You could get down in your football four-point stance, big dog, and actually be in four different states
2: uh trust i've done it coach and it's exhilarating (laughs) i have not done it i've not been Uh, too much in the southwest so i need to do that you
3: care to talk about it or it's a little bit too personal no no i haven't been to the southwest i was making that up Coach. by the way i went to the wciu website and uh the black and blue city was not so easy to get
2: no they it's uh, trust me there's a top board and if you just look below it it's right there
0: okay
2: in the. it's uh, two Bs, one back. It's like Brian mm-hmm. Bowers' uh, insignia. It's like okay. two Bs, one forward, one backward.
3: Now it's not W. It's not I C U, but it's W C I U. W C I U as in news, okay. got it. That so works. another advertising com- com- campaign could be they could you know do a little play of words. I-C-U on words. I C U on I am available by the way. Marketing and if, if the radio career doesn't work out, marketing. And public relations, big dog, is my next career.
2: Well, okay, then what, after that one doesn't work out, what are you going to do after that?
3: <laughs> I might go Emmanuel Labor. <laughs> yeah. Used to play second base for the Cubs, by the way. Good field, no hit, Emmanuel Labor.
2: Oh yeah, what, the, the Cubs haven't had they've had one all around second baseman since Kenny Hubbs, and that was Ryan Sheckler. Oh, I'm so. glad
3: I'm glad you mentioned Kenny Hubbs because that was my guy.
2: Oh, uh, that one of the saddest moments in yes. Cubs history. I wasn't yes. alive for it, but seriously, that is. How did he?
3: I, again? I forgot. Plane crash
2: Plane in the offseason after yeah. being rookie of the year.
3: Yeah, and so. then Cl- Glenn Beckard followed him.
2: Yeah, well, he, a solid, solid player. No knock on Glenn Beckard, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's like the Cubs lost a a great, great player. So my yeah. dad, like right. seriously, to the day he died, if you would say Ken Hubbs, he was like getting tears because mm-hmm. he was like, you know, like around twelve years old when all that was going down. Mm-hmm. So uh,
3: you know. speaking of uh, people passing away, I think you well know, Big Dog. Our final topic for the day: one of the greats of all time, not just in the coaching, we're one of the great people of all time his wisdom and his advice on life and the game of basketball was so tremendous uh didn't quite make a hundred but lived a long long prosperous life age of 99 your guy big dog johnny wooden passing away over the weekend
2: you jokingly call people my guy all the time coach and it gets me mad Uh, sorry please call john wooden my guy until the day i die he did more with his life than thousands of people combined will do with theirs john wooden was a fantastic human being a great man and uh, legitimately, when I think of uh like, there are like certain phrases that I tell myself like before I work out or so, uh, before I do stuff and mm-hmm. days that I get a lot accomplished. Yep. And it's ninety percent of the time it's a John Wooden quote. So uh I don't just leave the place better than when you got there. I mean, in so many different levels, it like you know it means like actually make yourself better, and sometimes mm-hmm. it means just like pick something up and clean up before you leave. You know what I mean? Just stuff like that. It's just unbelievable it's how mean, many great.
3: The genius is in its simplicity, too. Yes, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff, if you haven't read a book, and there's many out there on Johnny Wooden from, from his life history to just little uh, quote books, but they absolutely are just saturated with uh, such such simple wisdoms, but such great stuff and very easy things to remember. And still, as a coach, uh, his expression is the single greatest sports uh, coaching technique, or, uh, technique's the wrong word, Greatest coaching wisdom that I think I've ever heard, and it's be quick, but don't hurry. And you can use that uh, in, in work, in the life place, or any sport that you're playing. Any sport it applies to. Be quick, but don't hurry. That's the single greatest sports quote that uh, I've ever come across.
2: Uh, not just sports quote. You can use that. Uh, you know, I'm going to joke around a little here. You can use that in the bedroom. You know what I mean? You can yep. use that quote in the, in the boardroom. Yep. No matter what, that's a, that's an excellent, excellent football coach. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, Johnny Wooden, the Wizard of Westwood. He hated that nickname, apparently, too. It was not uh, befitting of him, but that's what he was known out at UCLA, the Wizard of Westwood. You
2: know what? The, nobody, all those years of coaching, you know, everybody, somebody was like, you know, there's no black marks, no, you know, nothing bad you could ever say about him. The only thing is, is and the people, because asked the him, if there was a little bit, the only thing is that uh, there was a time when somebody – uh, was playing UCLA players while he was the coach.
3: You know, I heard about that. Yeah, Johnny Wooden claimed that he didn't know anything about it. Some guy and named Sam, and, I forget his last name. And that
2: guy, by the way, has gone out of his way and said, I made sure Coach Wooden didn't know anything about it. Okay. So, I mean, but so if you think about it, in 99 years, that's his only controversy. And it was because somebody hid it from him. How often, you know, seriously, Coach, I've been involved in, I don't know how many ridiculous stupid little scandals. Do you know what I mean? And, you know... I'm 37. If I 62 more years, I would have to live the life of a saint, and I would still have all this stuff behind me. I mean, it's it's really amazing.
3: They say Johnny Wooden was did. so square. I forget which guy said, but they said Johnny Wooden was so square you could divide him by four. <laughs> the first practice, the very first practice every single season, and this is from Lew Sindor down to Bill Walton, Sidney Wicks, you name it, all the superstars. He would gather all the players together, the freshmen in particular.
0: I first thing
3: it. before, you know what I'm going to say, right? Yes. And he would teach them how to put their socks on and how to tie their shoes yes. properly. You talk about fundamentals.
2: And and you know what? Not one time in the history of UCLA basketball when John Wooden was there did a guy ever get a blister. Mm-hmm. So that might sound stupid, but it's true. Nobody ever got a blister when they were playing at UCLA basketball. Because there's a way to put your – I never got one, Coach. Mm-hmm. All the years playing football, I never got a blister or anything. Mm-hmm. So –
3: Right. And and beyond the basketball, we should finish it up. We got about a minute left, and the great Johnny Wooden as we conclude our show back at you tomorrow at ten. Uh you could make a movie. You could make a movie about the love affair, one of the great arguably one of the great marriages, one of the great love affairs of all time. Johnny Wooden, his high school sweetheart Nell, who passed away, I think about twenty years ago, he still wrote a love letter to her each and every day. Big dog it truly is one of the great love stories of all time.
2: Yeah, I heard it was he used to write one every single 17th of the month because they met okay. on the 17th of the month. Yep. But, but you know, you say you can make a movie about a coach, but nowadays, can you really? The guy had no he had no controversy. Aren't you supposed to have some type of controversy in your life in order to make a movie nowadays? Yeah, you're probably right. It wouldn't yeah. fit. And I'm not knocking John Woodhead on like, praising him for this. That's the sad thing. You know, mm-hmm. you just you can't. It, he's almost like stink like What are you gonna? You gotta have something controversial. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the controversial thing that people in UCLA did not want somebody from uh, the Midwest running their their basketball program? Oh no, they were dying for it because you know that was the mecca of basketball. There was really nothing controversial about the guy.
3: As I sign off the show today, Big Dog, I've rolled up my program sheet in honor of Johnny Wooden, who always had the rolled up. Program. So I'm going to finish it. You got a picture it now, dog, but I've got it rolled up. Uh, just a great, great man. Big dog, you're a great man myself, a great man yourself, I should say. And we'll uh, do it again tomorrow at 10, uh, God willing. Okay. We shall coach. Beautiful. Thank you, dog. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic. David Olson. Uh, I'll roll up a program for you any day, my friend. See you tomorrow at 10.